You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast. G'day and welcome to episode 68 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. You got Three is Company once again back this week to give our review of the Japanese Grand Prix and Max being back on top, as well as uh, Red Bull sealing the inevitable Constructors title in Japan uh, 2023. So start, as always, we'll start with my co-host to my right, Varun. Just came back from a nice European cruise, had your feet up. Yeah. How are you feeling? You've had a long, hard dive bomb season, so... Yeah, it was supposed to, you know, it was supposed to be a scouting mission of all the European circuits. Uh, I got to Imola, and that was about it. <laughs> then boarded a ship and just uh, threw in the towel, so... Did you actually go to the track? No, no? but uh, the train I was on to get to the port that starts the cruise goes through Imola. So when I saw that, I was like, I made sure I had my phone out, because I was like, I just want to get a photo yeah. of, like, the little sign in the train station, just to say I've been... To say you were there. Yeah. To say I was there. But nice. hopefully, uh, you know, one day in the future we'll actually be attending. Maybe not Imola, maybe Monza, preferably. Yeah, oh, I probably Monza. wouldn't choose Imola no. over Monza, but the, the, if we can ever go to Italian, an yeah. Italian race, that would definitely be uh, on Monza the bucket list for sure. for sure. Well, good to have you back, and uh, excited to break down the race with you and the rest of the year. Uh, Big James, doing well? Yes. Yeah, nothing to complain about, mate. Still got beautiful, beautiful weather. weather outside. Beautiful weather down here, up here in Canada for this time of year, and... Still lots of Formula One left to, to chat about. And the hockey season's coming. Too. Hockey yeah. season's coming, uh, which we always... Football seem, season's underway. ...seem to bring out. It's a great time of year for sporting, especially when hockey starts. We still have some Formula One. We got the Ryder Cup this weekend for oh, golf. Oh, yeah. In um, Rome, too, speaking of Italy. Yeah, and uh, so many other baseball playoffs will be starting soon. So just a great time to be a sports fan and a uh, great time to obviously um, round out the season here with Formula One. We got some really big races ahead, obviously, with Vegas... Coming up, coming up in the next few months as well, um, the inaugural race there. So, uh, yeah, we'll start with, I think we're going to go back to the same method we did last week with James and I. We had a lot of fun breaking it down with the, the power rankings, and sometimes it gives us a bit more to talk about when it's a race like Japan, in this case, where it wasn't necessarily the greatest race. Uh, but we also got spoiled in Singapore with the amazing, uh, finally, the amazing dethroning of, of Red Bull. So, uh, we'll start with from 10 to 1, as we did last week, and uh, we'll get right into it. Number 10, we have the home field man, Yuki Sonoda, who I think we should also start before we dive into his weekend uh, to chat about the fact that he's confirmed for next year. Mm, they yeah. confirmed him during this weekend, which kind of made sense as it was his home race. And then also uh, his his actual teammate Danny Rick yeah. will be back in. So what a crazy I almost uh, forgot about that news, to be honest. Yeah, well <laughs> it kinda it's crazy because it flew under the radar, but it's also like quite like shocking in a way because like of how well Lawson's doing in that yeah. other Alpha Tower right now. But um obviously there's so many reasons why you can argue that these two guys, especially Danny Rick, do deserve to be in the seats. So I think we're gonna talk about Liam a little later, but uh, how do you guys feel about Danny Rick being guaranteed? I mean, mixed around? feelings because it uh, puts to bed all my speculation about him taking Checo's seat. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could have waited a little later on in the season. I mean, with Red Bull, you can never tell. True, it could yeah. it could change on a True. one phone call. It could be yeah. as long as he's in. If the... Checo has a few more races like he did this weekend, which yeah. we'll get to, then maybe uh, maybe they'll avoid that contract. For yeah, Danny. his front wing is going to be a snowplow. Yeah. 
Yeah, what a crazy bad weekend. But yeah, no, I'm. I mean, I'm. I can't not be happy for Danny Rick. Just mm-hmm. at least guarantees him some more time in Formula One. Um, I think it was a couple episodes, maybe the last episode that I was on, that I said that his time in F1 may be coming to an end, which uh, yeah. wasn't a very popular take. But I was just going based on you know the reality that he is getting up there in age. But you know, we've seen drivers like Alonso race well into their later. Lewis just, and Kimmy too. Lewis, yeah, Lewis so. and Kimmy. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, I I would just like to see Danny Rick stay around as long as possible. Hundred um, percent. Well, as long as he's good, right? Yeah. Like, if we see him come back into form next year, and maybe if he gets a chance in the Red Bull, he can really show what he's made of now. But uh, like the reason why we don't mind having older drivers around, like Lewis and Fernando, is like they're still world class, yeah. right? Whereas. Yeah. The Daniel we've seen the last couple of years, I don't even want him on the grid. Yeah, you know? so, no, and I was going to say purely for his personality, but when he's not racing well, his personality isn't even there either because he's just... Oh, exactly. It's all just anxiety. So, yeah, yeah, as long as he's able to perform up to the limits of that car and uh, keep doing what he can, then I think there's nothing to complain about. Yeah, and they got the rebrand next year too, right? So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, a great marketer to have on your yeah. team for a rebrand. Well, I think it's a two-way thing they're doing too. It's like a rebrand, and then they're also going to try to like make the team itself more part of Red Bull, so it's like a more competitive. That's right. Yeah, more competitive team. So I mean, if they can get even further up the midfield, I think recently they've done. If you look at some of those uh, cars on the lower half of the midfield, um, they've done a really good job of putting that car into a place where it's decently competitive like the fact that Lawson has already scored points they've been there thereabouts to get into Q3 the last few mm-hmm. races like Lawson knocked Max out of Q3 yeah. last week so Singapore, you yeah. talk about development race like if they can get anywhere close to the av- availability of parts that Red Bull has like this the, the the mother team or the father team I guess whatever you want to call it whatever you identify as um, <laughs> then they're definitely going to continue to be competitive and then you might not necessarily even need to say like we need to rush Daniel out of this car and into the Red Bull like let's see yeah. if he's still got it so uh, that's exciting and then obviously the Yuki Sonoda side of it which it was the driver we started talking about I feel like Danny Rick always like takes over whoever the teammate yeah. is because he's such a polarizing figure but um, Yuki as well like I, I think some people have this like recency bias about this this news that he's still in but if you look at wh- what he did with that car for the first you know 10 races of the year where it was arguably the slowest car on the grid and he had I feel like it was either p10 or p11 he finished in like five straight races and he yeah. arguably should have more points I think mm. I remember one race I don't I can't remember which one I want to say like uh Australia maybe or one of the, one of the races earlier in the year where he had like a penalty that was just complete bogus he got like a penalty for pushing Ocon off the track or something, and like yeah, yeah, I can't I remember, remember what what circuit it was at, but it might have even been Imola actually. But anyways, are you sure no, Ocon didn't end up getting the penalty? <laughs> no, yeah, he's so the penalty man this year. No, but I remember been, like, it wouldn't have been Imola that it wouldn't, that didn't happen this year. Okay. Oh right, right. That was rainy. Yeah, it, it was the imaginary Imola. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I remember what you're talking about. Because like, I was, remember you talked about it on the episode we did the review where you were like, that was just like he deserved to be ninth. There, yeah. And he got knocked all the way back to like eleventh. So. Um, yeah, I think like you watch what he's done with that car early in the year, and then obviously Liam's had the better of the luck of the two cars recently. Like especially with uh, the the two races before Japan, I think he only did like half a lap, and it was not really Yuki's fault. Any of this right, stuff that yeah. happened. So um, yeah, I think like we we were talking about this guy as being in contention for Perez's seat. So we can't just like etch a sketch oh, that yeah. because uh, Liam's doing so well. And but he's damn good too. Like and you can see him maturing 
over the last few years. Yeah. Used well, there's such a hothead. I was going to say there's way less of the time where we tend to hear like radio messages that are just yeah. completely offside in some cases, uh, too. So and I think, yeah, he's I was going to say, thing. and seeing him in Japan talking about marketing, they love him. Man. Oh yeah. Absolutely love him. So he yeah. is huge for Red Bull just to capture that, like part of the world over there yeah, to exactly. have him on the, in their, uh, and their family. Well, and if you talk, if you were to compare him to like another young driver that you argue has that pull, which would be Logan Sargent from the U.S. side, like yeah. that's he's in that car to 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 attract those fans. But like you, he can actually drive. Yeah. Yeah. Logan right now is just absolutely bulling a china shop. Maybe the Americans like. They like a yeah. They like a guy that just like a NASCAR. Yeah. Little Dale Earnhardt in him, just running people off. Yeah. The track. Well, yeah. maybe maybe a pit lane fight next race. Yeah. yeah. Just put an AR fifteen in his been, fucking cockpit. <laughs> I've been waiting for a, a good Formula One pit lane fight because like, yeah, you honestly. see them all the time in NASCAR. Yeah. And uh, the Dale Earnhardt thing's actually funny because uh, he used to be called like the Intimidator. Like he would be. He was very like elbows out when he raced. So it's yeah. funny to say that like as an American F one driver. Like that's really what. All that Logan is doing is crashing, and well, maybe he should go to NASCAR because yeah. F1 yeah. is not his thing. Right now, it ain't it. Although <laughs> I just he won't be in this top ten list, so we won't really have an opportunity to talk about him too much, other than bashing him and Checo for their weekends. But um, there was an article released, I believe, today from Williams uh, James Bow saying that they do want him in that car next year. So um, yeah, interesting. Like obviously. Huh. Uh, I guess they just want Alvin to carry the load again for another season, but I don't know. I guess like for, in my opinion right now, there's just so many better options out there. Um, Seriously. But I mean, yeah, it is what it is. We'll see. We'll see. We keep saying like, is he going to prove himself? Is he going to prove himself? He's just proving the same stuff over and over right now, but he's shown flashes and qualities and then just his race pace is terrible. Like he's just always sinking. Like he's never gaining places. No, it's, Brutal. He just doesn't watch. seem to be with that car like at all. He doesn't yeah. seem to be like under it. He doesn't seem like even in qualities he's shown flashes, but every time he's shown a flash, he's bend it. Oh yeah, immediately he'll do, after he'll yeah. get into Q two like in Japan. He did it this weekend. Got into Q two, boom, bend the car. Like, um, I think he got into Q two. Maybe, maybe no. Not. I don't even think he made it. No, to I think Q2. he bend it in Q one. It was Q one. Yeah, yeah, he crashed in Q one. So. Red flag that session. So, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we've know. seen. But I feel like him and Stroll need to go. Yeah. The North Americans just get out of here. Yeah. Bye-bye. Take, take a deep breath. Get get some more fresh fresh uh, North American blood in Yeah. There. But, yeah, so there you go again. Like, comparing that kind of a drive. Obviously, Yuki has a lot of experience. But, like, I think it's also interesting to put it into perspective. I think about this with a few drivers. I think about this with him. And I think about this with Guan Yu Zhou. That, like, when they first came into the sport and they first came in as rookies, we didn't necessarily expect them to be around that long. Right. But they're putting together respectable F1 careers. Like, mm-hmm. Joe's going to be – also. he's also confirmed, which is something we haven't chatted about. But he's going to be around for a third F1 season. This will be Yuki's fourth, I believe, next Coming year. In, yeah. So, like, they're putting together, like, like respectable careers as yeah, Formula sure. 1 drivers. So, I think, like, that's another thing to note that, like – for me, I just, as soon as I see these, I'm like, wow, these guys are making, like, making a go of it and sticking around, which, when it comes to Formula One, like, we know best that there's 20 drives on, on the grid, and it's so competitive to get into, so, uh, it's really impressive that, that they, they're sticking around, so, um, yeah, I mean, this weekend-wise for Yuki, he did make it into Q3, unfortunately, um, did not have as great of a race, they really struggled for pace this weekend, 
uh, and I feel like he was on a strategy that put him at a tire deficit later in the race as well. So he ended up finishing 12th, but um, still gets gets to finish a race finally. We get to see him get into Q3, as I mentioned, and he had a pretty solid, uh, solid race, I'd say, considering. I know he's part of some of the action. There wasn't a lot of overtaking action, but I did remember seeing him as part of it. So... Uh, him and his teammate as well, Liam, had a really good battle on the first lap. Yeah. Really clean racing. Um, it was really fun to watch. So, all in all, definitely deserving, I'd say, in the top 10 for Yuki, uh, especially with a little bump to being in his home race. Yeah. Um, and that Q3 appearance, I think it was his first since, like, March or April. So, yeah. good for him to finally get back up Yeah, there. yeah. For sure. And, again, it does show that they're developing that car. Like, Liam's been in Q3. Yeah. Yuki's getting there. So, they look good in practice too. If you're ever sneakily wanting to throw like a top six, I think I, I saw a tweet the other day or like a, a um, uh, Instagram reel, and it was like you can bet on top sixes for practice, and uh, the Alpha Tower drivers are normally like plus two thousand for top six, and That's and even Nick DeVries had one top six this yeah. year in P one, FP one, so. Like Lee, I feel like Yuki's always there, thereabouts, like top nine at least. Yeah. So, anyways, just a little tidbit. Um, we'll move on to P nine in the power rankings this week. We have the hero of the Singapore weekend, Carlos Sainz. He's, uh, I think, th- maybe I'd put him even a bit higher. I thought it was a pretty good weekend for uh, Ferrari, all things considered. Um, that they didn't really have the pace uh, around this circuit, but uh, he definitely. I thought had a pretty clean race. He was part of um, the battle between the two McLarens late in the race, as well, or sorry, the two Mercedes, Mercedes late yeah. in the race. He was kind of right on the right on the uh, backs of that battle between George and Carlos, or sorry, and George and Lewis. And he ended up nicking George at the end <laughs> with a nice tire strategy and finishing in the top six. So I mean, it shows like again just consistency that he's had. Uh, Varun, I don't know if you want to jump in. Were you impressed by his drive in Singapore and h- how he's been racing since the summer break? Definitely. I mean, like, um, I was, uh, it was actually funny when I was, um, on the way to the cruise port in Italy, um, the, uh, Singapore Grand Prix was on and our, our driver was watching it. Like, <laughs> no wonder he's in such a good mood. <laughs> Love it. He was Italian? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so that was, uh, yeah, that would have been a big day in Italy for, yeah. for the Ferrari. I was like, I wish time. I could have stayed around longer just to take in Cause they were all probably like very happy with that day, but man, imagine if you watched that race at a bar in Italy. Oh, oh my God. That would have been amazing. That would have been so cool. Yeah. And also it, he could be higher on this list cause he did, per, he was, I want to say perform, but he was in the all-star match for the Ryder cup yesterday. I watched mm, did you his, watch seven, yeah. his seven nice. hole match. He was in a, a best ball match, uh, for that. And it was a lot of fun to watch. He's. I mean, he's, like, already nasty at F1, so it's hard to be really good yeah. at golf as well. But he has a really smooth swing. He was getting himself in a lot of trouble. Like, he was hitting the balls wayward off the tee, but he was scrambling to really, really good wedge shots. And it, his putting go. sucked, but... He <laughs> I mean, that's going to be, like... Well. And I've seen the him, like, golf with Lando a bunch of times, too. He's, yeah. he's decent, too. I feel like on the grid, he's probably, like, top two or three yeah. golfers, mm. uh, mm-hmm. for sure, and... It's also just cool, like, he's posting videos today where he's, like, out mingling with the PGA pros, so what watching the Ryder Cup this weekend, I imagine he'll be there in Rome, so, uh, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool to see him there and Just get one thing attention. to add, too, because, so, so when I noticed, like, um, obviously, like, our taxi driver was driving, but he just had the race on, like, on his little, like, uh, holder on me, yeah, yeah. When I, so when I realized, I was like, 
started chatting with him, and he was like, his English was very limited, limited. But all I, he was able to, all I was able to make out was that he is definitely on the Carlos Sainz train. He's oh. like Leclerc, Gar- <laughs> thumbs down, Carlos. Thumbs up. So, <laughs> and and that ties into I think what I brought up last episode that I was on about you know that conversation about is he becoming yes Ferrari's number one driver yeah we we chatted James and I touched on that for probably 10 minutes last episode yeah, as well yeah. like we had a great conversation and, and it's it's just like there is no clear number one there at Ferrari right now I think it's almost in the realm of Mercedes where you look at them and they don't really like I mean Lewis obviously they want to if he was in a position for his eighth world title they might favor him a bit but there's really not a number one driver in that team as well so yeah, agreed there's not money yeah. well when you look at this, the disparis, the dis, eh, the disparity is that word? Disparity, disparity between like Red Bull, where there's clearly a number one. Yeah. yeah. And then I would probably say McLaren as well. Like, For yeah, sure, it was it a lot better. But uh, and then well, I mean, you can't even count Aston Martin because he's Fernando Alonso's playing against like a five year old kid right it's now. Yeah. One man team. But um, yeah, so I guess you could probably put Alpine in that bucket too, where they don't really have a clear cut number one. But anyways, yeah, it's just really really cool to see that like. And it's good, good to hear that people in Italy are also, like, not just, yeah. like, you know, he was born and bred, Leclerc was born and bred, so he's our number one. Like, this is how it should be. Obviously, I think... Yeah. They're slowly adopting him. The, exactly. the, the yeah. biggest conversation that we can have about this kind of a thing is that, like, when these cars become, or when or if these cars become world title battle or uh, fighting cars, like the Mercedes and the Ferrari, does that all go out the window? Cause True. Yeah. That, that's... It's all fine and dandy to race for P3, P4, P5 when you're, like, close to the same skill level. But when there's a title on the line, things get jumbled up. So I feel like those two teams and maybe McLaren in a few years, if they ever become a world title fighters, those are the teams that are going to have, like, big trouble on their hands. Big time. To try to Especially as Piastri develops, too. Yeah. Like, it's closer and closer to Lando, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That'll be damn interesting to watch. Yeah. I hope that comes to fruition. One of those. I think Piastri's even closer to Lando than we give him credit for. Like, oh, he definitely is. He outqualified I mean, him this weekend. Yeah, and yeah. like, he's, I mean, there was a race. Uh, it's just experience needs to build. Exactly. That's all it is. But he's definitely getting up there. 100%. Yeah, it's a race craft for Lando right now that's 100% better. Oh, but like, man. He's the fact so that you good can, in a race. It's unbelievable. Well, and the fact that you, but the fact that you can even jump in the car on one lap and go faster than Lando, because he's yeah. been known to be really good quality or um, quality artist, I would say as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, moving up, we have two drivers tied for, I guess seventh because there's two positions there. So yeah. we have uh, the two Alpines who had a <laughs> comeback, another kind of comeback of a weekend. I would say like, watch where they were in Monza, which was a power hungry circuit, like just absolutely brutal. They were nowhere, and then they had a decent race in Singapore. And they finally both put in, I feel like this year it's either been one of them having a really bad race and one of them having a good race, yeah. but neither of them were, I don't really see them ever like together. Even exactly. Yeah, like, I agree. Having like uh, both having a good weekend. Except when they actually crash into each other. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the only time we've ever seen That's them close, they don't finish. Yeah. <laughs> they crash. So this weekend we saw them come home. Um, I want to say it was kind of like an, an Alpine Island kind of race. There wasn't much, there was a little bit of battle with Fernando, but not really ever too much of a battle. They were even almost closer to the Alpha Tauris at points. So their pace wasn't crazy good, but they managed to come home um, ninth for Esteban and 10th for Pierre. Just a good sound weekend for them. Uh, and one that, you know, this is what they need. Obviously, I think they're kind of also in a no man's land when it comes to like the title battles right now. Yeah. Like they're not gonna, they're not really gonna lose fifth 
but they're definitely not going to gain four. Agreed. Yeah. Is that right, or are they sixth? Oh, they might be sixth, actually. Sixth, yeah. yeah, yeah six sorry. for five. Yeah. So they're not going to gain fifth, but mm-hmm. they're not going to lose sixth. Yeah. So it's all about, like, for them, they should just be, like, focusing on the development. I guess the results, obviously, they matter, but they're not going to change too much of their outcome at the end of the year. Like, Agreed. I feel like their focus is switched to next year. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is how it should be. And also developing Agreed. these drivers to become as comfortable as possible in the car. Like, we... We know that Esteban is pretty comfortable in the team, but I feel like Pierre is just still getting his feet under him. Yeah. And he's had some really good results as well this year. So the ups and downs continue. This is one where you can almost say they finally leveled off a bit and they're like, okay, we can breathe a bit, like pretty decent race. So um, not much else to say for the Alpine boys. Um, Tied for fifth, we have another tie at uh, 7.6 out of 10. One driver we've already touched on, Liam Lawson. Another great weekend. Finished in front of Yuki um, and having, like, really good race pace, really good race craft, I thought. Uh, Just continues to to really impress. And James and I touched on a lot last week, Vern, but, like, watching this guy race wheel to wheel, you'd think that he's been in the sport for way longer than three races. Like, even if you you told me maybe he'd been there since the start of the season, I'd be like, okay, this is how a rookie should look. But... You tell you compare him to Liam Lo- uh, to Logan Sargent right now, like the talent is just there yeah. in buckets, and you talk about leaving your mark when you have yeah. an opportunity, right? Yeah, for sure. And like, I I mean we we've talked about it before, but like we, I can't remember like if we mentioned any sort of like positive expectations for him at all coming in. And he's just blown it. I remember for Daniel, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I remember for Daniel Ricardo, it's like score a couple points. Yeah. yeah. And Liam Lawson is like, it. just don't, like, cause millions of damage to the car. He's yeah. done more than that. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy, like, especially, like you said, when you compare him to Logan Sargent, it's just miles and miles ahead of what we could have expected from oh, rookie. Yeah. And yeah. he's just a, a, the kind of driver, kind of like Piastri, who's just, like, come in and, like, not taking a long time at all to get his feet uh, mm-hmm. underneath him. And uh, he's just someone that you... Well, we never saw anything like this from DeVries this year. Exactly. We saw it last year with yeah. the Williams, like, weirdly. But this year, we didn't see any of it. We haven't seen any of it from Logan, who's had way more races than Liam. He's jumped in and done what yeah. he's done. I find, uh, like, in F1, impressive. there's just, there's, like, two kinds of rookies. Like, ones that come in and, like, just completely struggle, and they slowly, like, kind of get pushed out of their seat and out of the sport. Yeah. We don't see them again. And then ones who come in, and like, Liam Lawson and uh, Oscar Piastri and just seem to get it right away. Yeah. You could argue there's kind of, like, this middle ground as well, where you had, like, guys like Guan Yu Zhou, who struggled a bit at the beginning, but they kind of, you know, like got their footing underneath them as time went on yeah. and like kept their didn't seat. really do anything great but no. nothing really terrible at the well, same he time he scored on debut though you gotta remember that that's right. that yeah. was because the Alfa Romeo was sick at the start yeah. of that year and, and Red Bull and Red Bull double DNF yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah. so a lot of it does come down to the team they're on too and like just circumstances of the car the circuit and all that but like adaptability is an underrated quality I know sure. exactly what you're saying and like people talk about adaptability a lot and they talk about like some of the best drivers to that have that quality and you think of like Kimi Raikkonen who just seemed to be able to jump into like any car and be able to get a lot out of it but like Liam Lawson before this we didn't really have any like benchmark because he was racing in like super formula in Japan yeah Yeah. he was winning every race he was doing unreal but like that's not you can't compare that to what the competition is here and what the cars are like compare that to the hype around Piastri where you had teams like literally in lawsuits over him Yeah. yeah so yeah I mean it's just very positive to see and he's a guy that you hope stays around for a long time. Yeah, and and it automatically gives like Red Bull this problem that they it's a good problem to yeah. have. You have too many good drivers, and it's also like people have been. There's been whispers the last few years that like 
the, the the driver academy at Red Bull is kind of like falling off after they had Max. Like they're Damn. they're not doing enough. They're not doing a good enough job like spotting talent. But like this guy clearly is showing that like they're still in it when it comes to that thing. And um, like they're they're if they keep this guy around, then I think they'll still have like yeah. a good problem on their hands. But he's proving that he's like. El- like eligible and worthy of a seat. Yeah. So oh, 100%. Uh, those yeah. are the two things that like we didn't expect. I like, guess their, their real problem is that they only have four seats. Well, three really. <laughs> if yeah. You exclude max. Like they yeah. only really have three seats. The good problem, yeah. I guess that, or not even problem. The, the good thing that it creates for the rest of the sport is that hopefully if got, if teams like Red Bull can't keep, find a spot from within those three seats yeah. that he pushes a guy like stroll out of the sport or he pushes a guy like, Sergeant. Um, Sergeant out, right? And you just yeah. have, like, a more well-rounded grid overall. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, that's what we saw with Albin, right? Like, Albin was performing well. They wanted to get him back on the grid. They couldn't find a seat for him. He goes to Williams, kind of, like, breaks his exactly. ties with Red Bull. But, like, this is what end up, ends up happening is you catch the eyes of these other teams. Yeah, so, yeah. capitalizing um, on his opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And, like, Albin is a different story, too, because he had full years in F1 to prove himself. He's coming in in this short time and clearly making a mark, and we're not going to be just forgetting about what he's done. Like, mm-hmm. even if he never races again after this, we'd be like, "That's a shame." You yeah. Know? Oh. And there's agreed. not many drivers that jump in, and we'd be like, "Oh, that's a shame. We never saw him again." Yeah. Like this would be one of those cases where I would actually be like, "Shit!" Like that. that. He's actually a good dude too. Yeah. In yeah, the interview, so yeah. Yeah. Decently, it would be a shame if decently. he never makes his way back, but yeah. I think he will make it. Yeah, and it yeah. seems, and, and what is a shame too, it's what's like good and bad. It sounds like Daniel's hand is like healing very quickly. Like, he's going to be back before yeah. the end of the year. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you look at, like, Lance Stroll, he had a, that hand. He had a yeah, similar thing, wrists. even worse. Yeah. He was on both hands for him, yeah. too. Yeah. So I think, like, even right now, um, you say it's speedy recovery, but I've also read that they're keeping him off because they know he's not... What's the point of risking him injuring himself in an Alpha Tower this year, right. too, right? With the seat secured next year. Yeah, right? if they're secure. And that's kind of why they also have let Liam, I think stay in the car longer is like they've known that Danny will keep the seat. So there's no yeah. reason to get a little bit back. bigger of a sample. Yeah, exactly. And, and if the kid's shining, like I think yeah. let him shine, especially if you know their direction you're going to go regardless. Like I think it's a really, it's a win-win for them. Cause I don't know how this works, but like, does a team have to pay Red Bull to get him? Like, do they have to pay yeah, some kind of I don't know what the like, politics know, involved he, in that. His market cap is, or his market value is definitely rising. So, rising for sure. Um, so yeah, kudos to Liam. Uh, into the top, well, t- actually tied with Liam was Lewis, um, mm. and not too much. We kind of touched on Mercedes a bit, but I did just want to say that like these two drivers provided the entertainment for this race. The the overtaking that they did, the battles they had, yeah, uh, George and Lewis, the offset of strategies made it a very fun middle of the race a to watch. Spicy, too. a little spicy, and like this is it goes back to my talk about like if these guys become title contenders, George and Lewis are going to hate each other. Oh like, my god. It's going yeah. to be it's going to be drama central if yeah. they can do what they want to do. Um I think it's still like to check yourself a bit, there's still a second off Red Bull's pace on quality. Yeah. Like there's still so yeah, much this is work. a big if, but if it does happen yeah, I mean, Total won't have any hair left. No that luscious locks on his head. No they're one, gonna be everyone's gone. gonna be bald. Yeah. <laughs> but like they would I guarantee you if you ask them if they'd all go bald for another world title, they would do Oh so. my yeah. god, um, yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like it'll probably happen eventually, but like who's to say when and what all the stuff that could go on between. But um yeah, they're gonna have a problem. They're the hell of a battle. Uh, made this race a lot more interesting and we wouldn't have had a lot to even yeah. like and Lu- sit and watch. And I was going to say too, Lewis also like 
had contact in the opening lap with Checo yeah, as well. Yeah, so the fact true. that he was able to just like stay cool, calm, and collected throughout it all, like, yeah. And the fact that Mercedes again, we've mentioned it so many times before. It's a fucking tank. Yeah, somehow that thing just destroys Red Bulls yeah. all the time. Yeah, and it just keeps on driving. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. How many times this thing is absolutely trucked somebody, and it like it, it. Well, this time it wasn't his fault. It was Checo like flying into him. Yeah, but, yeah. It doesn't pick up five damage. wide into turn one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't pick up damage. It's no, unbelievable. It might pick up damage, but somehow it just like heals. it just goes right yeah, through. It can drive on three goddamn tires. Yeah. These Mercedes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, even the 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 crash. I feel like the crash earlier in the year in Baku when George took out Max's sidewall. Yeah. Was that this year or last year? No, it was this year. Is this, this year? year? Yeah. Punched a hole in it. And, oh, yeah, that was when Perez won one of his races. Yeah. Yeah. And like George's car was like unhurt. It was, you just didn't didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, crazy stuff. All right, into the top four, we've got uh, the other Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, with an 8 out of 10. I thought he had a pretty good race. He was kind of on Leclerc Island for a bit of it at the end oh, there. Was but, he ever? Um, he, had a, he had a good race to to come, come back after. I mean, he had a good race in Singapore, but like to show that he's still right there with the pace of, of Carlos, uh, as well as um, the to beat the two Mercedes, I thought... On this track, Ferrari was really going to struggle with their degradation and their race pace, but mm, surprised beat, me too. To beat both of them, I think that he was helped a little bit with the fact that Mercedes was battling each other, and then Carlos was also making life hard for both of the Mercedes. But um, I thought a really clean race, kind of like we talked about it before in the podcast for sure. Just like those P four finishes that you're just like yeah. quality race, like good, well done, well deserved twelve twelve points. So um, yeah, not not necessarily super close to the McLarens up front, but just a good sound race with the car he had that weekend. Yeah. So, um, and then we got spots. Yeah. Honestly, two. sorry, going back to Charles, like, I don't even really remember him in the race. No, I don't think I saw him. I don't remember him at all. He was on maybe the outskirts of the battle of the Mercedes at the front. And then Carlos was behind and then we just kind of watched him drive off. Yeah. Yeah. It was just Carlos. On an island. Charles Island. Yeah. We, we've seen those so many times, those P4 races. Yeah. I feel like P4 is the island spot, but everyone takes it because 12 points is very well earned yeah. in the midfield this year. So definitely. Uh, now positions three, two and one are all exactly how we finished. So we have Oscar Piastri third, Lando second and uh, Max back on top in P1 with a perfect 10 out of 10 score. Uh, we'll start with Oscar. We've already kind of mentioned him a bit with the rookie chat, but Gets his first podium yep. in F1. Uh, to me, it's been deserved for a few races now, probably the last five races, I would say. like It's been deserved for him. Uh, out-qualifying Lando is amazing. We mentioned, yeah. obviously, Lando's race pace is still a lot better, a lot stronger, and that's being that's shown with him almost beating him by, what is that, like 15 seconds-ish? Um, so the, that's a lot still. There's a, still lots to work on, but the things you can take from this are he's a top end talent for sure. And the car that they've developed and they continue to bring upgrades to everything they do is a check mark is hitting the nail on the head bullseye. I think it's honestly surprising them how good it's being. Well, it's surprising everybody because I can't remember the stat I read, but it was like they averaged in the first five or 10 races, like 1.5 points a race. And in the last few days, they've averaged like 18.5 or something crazy. Uh, Just, just, an epic turnaround and like uh, we've, we mentioned it I think after the Silverstone pod yeah, but Silverstone. the development race is being absolutely crushed by McLaren right now. Yeah. 
in a sense of like we've never seen anything anyone take oh. a, a 180 like this yeah they came out of the cellars oh yeah like absolutely the barhaven bar yeah. rain basement yeah, i was gonna say bar haven the bar rain basement they came out of nowhere like they yeah. were so bad to start this year and like that picture you sent of us with that discrepancy between that silverstone catalyst race the faces they had were so sad yeah like it, would, it looked terrible so it's glad to see the McLaren yeah, boys smiling it, again. And it was like, it was in that pod that we talked about after Silverstone where we, like, we talked about it for a long time. We're like, is this, like, the start of their upswing? And we were like, we have to see more. We have to see consistency. Yeah. Yeah. And it's safe to say that they've definitely brought that. Like, yeah. yeah. Was it a one-off event or is more exactly. to come? And more has come. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, we asked ourselves that question, right? We were like, okay, let's revisit this in five races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're revisiting in five races, even with more upgrades. And it's just like they're nailing it. You they're said check mark, check, check mark, mark, check mark, bullseye after nine half price darts, middle, <laughs> middle of the point. And it makes us so. I think it's like giving us giving us something to cling to for next year. Where it's like if these guys can do this in in a season with a cost cap during mm-hmm. the season, what can they do with another off season? Of clearly, they're going in the right direction. They yeah. there's no question right now that they are going developmentally in the right direction. So what can they do next year? Can mm-hmm. they actually fight? I'm just getting chills. Can they get? Can <laughs> they fight for the world title next year? This is a team that we've seen almost like take a decline a bit from 2020, the 2021, the new regs came in. They were definitely on the decline. And all of a sudden they've like, I don't know, did they find a clone of Adrian Newey and just like <laughs> yeah. bring, him, bring him into the shop? But this is, is clearly uh, the right direction to go with the car. And, um, you know, there's also we've seen this in the last few races where like max has won by so much. He obviously did win this race by, I don't remember. 20 seconds. It was still a 20 second gap, but like, I feel like if the McLarens weren't there, you would have been looking at that 45 second gap to Leclerc or even like more. Uh, so yeah, they, they're plugging a hole right now and they're making their way closer. And that's just like, they're clearly on the way right track. So this is yeah. what we love to see. Opposite directions of Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because we thought that they would be competing at the top, like the not only season. this year but last year. And like McLaren was the one letting us down, and Aston wasn't even really living up to expectations that much either. But McLaren was falling way short of expectations. Yeah, and they just yeah. like so- pulled something out of their bag of tricks. And yeah, and then if you're to compare their drivers, like it's a really good point that like Aston at the start of the year is comparable now to McLaren now yeah. with this pace of their car. Yeah, not at every track, but at most tracks right now, they've gone in the right direction. We have two McLarens on the podium. Yeah. We didn't. We never yeah. saw two Astons on the podium. No. So Oscar is doing a great job. Lando is elite. If he's able to keep up, like he's got a, probably as many podiums. That, does he have as many as Alonso? I feel like um, Alonso had a lot. To I was going to say Alonso had a lot at the beginning. This of This is his second P two. He had a P. This this might be his fourth. Silverstone, Singapore. Now I think there was one other one. Austria. Was I, think he, I think he was yeah. on the podium in Austria. Maybe he was fourth yeah, in Austria. Maybe, yeah. Anyways, yeah, he, uh, they, they're close. And that's the fact that like you look at where they would have been at the start of the year. They weren't even close. They were like a minute, a minute and 30 seconds off oh, the win. Yeah, was so they were still a minute off the podium. Yeah. Now they're like there and there. So. Yeah, and it's also crazy to think that this is Oscar's first podium because it feels like he's had four by now. Like, just yeah. by how he's performed in races, it's, it's weird. It's one of those moments in sports where you're, like, watching it and you're, like, this this already has happened. Yeah. Like, this should have or, – or, like, yeah, this doesn't surprise me. This is exactly what it should be. Yeah, but it was also really wholesome to see, like, him up there in a rookie season. Yeah. His interviews, he's so, like, chill. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just really happy for, for him and obviously for our yeah. boys. The, the one thing I'm looking forward to is that battle for P2 in the constructors between Mercedes and Ferrari. Yep. And then Aston and McLaren for P4. That is yeah. going to be yeah. sweet because they have a pretty big cushion. I want to say it's like 40 or 50 points. So yeah, right now Aston has 221 and McLaren has 172. So, 49, so, so we have 49 points and it's been closing since Silverstone. Rapidly. So very rapidly. Yeah. And, then and between like, Mercedes and Ferrari, it's 20 points as well. So 20 points. Wow. Yeah. So those two And that is 320 at the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, oh, it is officially mathematically eliminated. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But it's just looking at those two battles. And having two teams going in opposite directions for P4 between yeah. Aston and McLaren, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that one yeah. unfolds because it is a lot of points to come back. I think we're getting close to the end too. I hope they make it. I hope McLaren nicks that. Cause I don't think they're going to be able to make it to P2, but it's I mean, going to be I awesome. Think there's a chance. Like, first of all, they're two P2? drivers against one pretty much. Sorry, not P2. Oh, okay, no, yeah. P2. yeah, yeah. No, no. Against Aston for sure. No. They're, yeah, that's going to be the... They have no chance at... A P2. Oh, you mean Ferrari? Yeah, for Ferrari. There's no chance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for everyone's, uh, just for your analysis, we have five races left. Five, yeah. okay. So it's oh, going to yeah, be they tight. should be able to do we it. We should be able to do it for uh, P4. Yeah. Right? With Aston, consider, especially considering if Lance Stroll keeps being absolutely irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then, exactly. The, then that's pretty much a shoe-in. The... Um, uh, Ferrari Mercedes battle will go down. That's going to be sick. Will go down to Abu Dhabi, I think. Yeah. Agreed. Which will be a really cool battle. And uh, there's also that other battle for P2 and the drivers with Lewis rapidly approaching Checo. Checo, yeah. Who we haven't nearly shown enough this podcast, but I don't even want to do it. Because it's just like... He I was, mean, he, just what you said encapsulates it well enough. Like, Lewis in that car should have no business being anywhere near Checo yeah. in that car. Yeah. Well, he's... Max has 400 points. Checo has 223. Yeah. yeah. That is abysmal. Like, if... if Checo could have performed, like, even 75% up to expectations. That Constructors should have been locked up, like, before the summer break. Oh, agreed. Yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. And yeah. the fact that, you know, he's, like, almost half the amount of points is max. Yeah. And, you know, just hanging in there with those, like, drivers like Lewis and Fernando. And even signs to a degree is just, it's crazy. Yeah. So we'll cap it off with a quick, quick uh, Max is back talk. I mean... Yeah. They, they clinched the constructors. The inevitable happened. From the moment that that car came off of oh. the, wherever they take a truck, I guess, that he was out for vengeance, this guy. He was ready to come back. Yeah. Uh, from what there was a miserable weekend for him in Singapore, which he still finished P5, which is ridiculous. But yeah. um, he, he just was dominant. Like, I was looking at his odds to have pole. And normally they're like minus like I want to say like minus like three hundred around there. It was minus two fifty or two twenty five. Right. And I was like, I just want to put like a thousand dollars on this. Yeah. Like it's such he was a so shoot. good this like, weekend. It was, it was unbelievable. It was unreal. And like, um, yeah, there was his odds to win the race were still minus four hundred even after a race loss. But um, came out was just absolutely dominant the entire weekend. Uh, good start. That was an on. awesome start yeah. too, with Lando almost getting P one. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. And then Piastri, the well, he slammed Piastri, yeah, and then Lando exactly. almost went around the outside. That caused a bunch of chaos as well. So oh, yeah, it was yeah. a good start, but Max, no part of it, gone. Uh, fastest lap and the race win, picking up the slack uh, as usual in uh, for Checo's um, not just absolutely. <laughs> Checo's just antics. Yeah, I don't know what you call him antics. Yeah, not doing them on purpose, but it's just he's just. 
out there. Yeah, yeah. so it's like circus music. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, exactly. going around just absolutely trucking everybody. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> like, I, I, I was like, Magnuson heard it up, heard the clown car coming up. It was the the international commentary crew that was like when they saw the replay of that contact with Magus and they when they had a chance to analyze it he just goes that's just poor yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing else to be said that's just poor yeah, yeah it's just poor it's no other way to really describe and there, it there was a moment too where like Max was coming in for a pit stop and Checo was still sitting in his car because they were waiting to send him out again to serve his penalty and like Max got his fresh tires just a great pit stop goes out the camera immediately like you see him turn around and just zoom in on Checo and he's Checo's, just like yeah like, visor open yeah yeah it looks like a clown so uh yeah, he's really went from hero to zero oh, in the yeah. last like tell twelve rounds. I feel like it's been tough yeah. to watch, but th- there's no excuse for this weekend. He looked, he looked worse than Logan Sargent this weekend, yeah. and Logan Sargent looked terrible. He made Logan Sargent no no no, no sweat. No one was talking about him. Yeah, yeah. He binned his car before he got a lap in qualities, <laughs> yeah. and he did the exact same heat that Checo did. Yeah, yep. same all the turn. Yeah, he had took the same penalties. DNF did all the same things. No one that's talks just about Logan. That's just, the spin veteran, cycle. that's just a veteran protecting the young guy. That's yeah. yeah. Show, so kudos he's, to being, he's being a paddock pal. Right? Paddock pal. Yeah, An absolute good. paddock pal. So Yeah, you could just tell he was just being so ambitious with those moves, trying to make up space, because he knows he should not be back there. No. And yeah. it was just brutal to he, see. It was poor to yeah, see. It was, it, that, was, that was poor. That was poor. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we've been saying we hope he bounces back, but at this point, I don't even want him to bounce back. I'm yeah. done. I'm done with him. Um, he was he was giving Max a run. Now, we were talking about him as a title contender early in the year. It makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's our review for the Japanese Grand Prix. We are headed. Oh, just to- curious before you go to the yeah. next race, what's the name of this one? What, what's the name of the pod for this one? Max is back. Oh, Max is back. Max okay. is back, baby. Okay, simple. Yeah, Max <laughs> Simple but effective. We also yeah. have some new, uh, we got some new graphic design for the pod, so let us know what everyone thinks. I know uh, the boys at over at Dive Bomb, boys and girls over at Dive Bomb have been working hard on that, so let us know uh, how you like it. I think it pops a little bit more, so uh, should be good. I do want to make sure I say, I think we're going to Coda next. I just want to touch on that briefly because it's a fun track, Coda. We are going to... Uh, that looks like Coda to me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah so we're going to Coda. It's just crazy because there's so many American races this year. But Back So we're going to Coda, uh, Mexico, Brazil, then Vegas and Abu Dhabi. So we're in Coda. Coda is one of the best tracks on the calendar as well. Agreed. Uh, so I'm excited to see uh, how we how everyone goes Pretty around the there. the rest of the year, except for Abu Dhabi. But it's the last race. There'll be a lot on the line. Yeah. But the rest of the race, the circuits on the, the calendar are just epic. Really? Like, yeah. We've got Coda. Then we've got, I think, Mexico after that, which is... Always fun. Obviously, won't be as fun with Checo driving the way he is in yeah. his home race. Should get a yeah. podium. Yeah, and then Brazil we and should. Vegas for a Vegas first, first Saturday night race. That'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. So, looking forward to the last five rounds here, breaking it down with the boys as always. Um, and then we got lots more F one seasons to come with hopefully some closer battles at the top. Congrats to Red Bull. Uh, what's this? Oh. Two constructors titles in a row. Because they didn't win the one. Yeah, two in a row, and then I think it was like six all time. One thing to note as well, this weekend's a sprint weekend. Apparently, Max can win the title on the sprint. On the Saturday. Oh. He can win it on the Saturday. Interesting. Hopefully, we'll have less confusion. Remember last year? Yeah. He's like sitting in the cool down room. He's like, did I win? Did I I actually win? Yeah, it was was Japan last year that it was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, he can win it on the Saturday. The math makes him win it on Saturday. Yeah. There was a, a funny quote before we go that they were saying that he can't drink on the Saturday. And then he's like, 
I'm going to talk to Marco we'll watch or something. Me. Yeah, something along those lines. We'll so watch me. Yeah, they might just be... forfeit the race. Yeah. They, don't, they don't have anything to race for if Max wins it on Saturday. That would be amazing. I would be so just down with that. Corner in the, in the fucking seat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put Marco in there. One eye. One eye. Wonder. All right, boys. We'll get. We'll see you in Coda next weekend. Not this weekend. We got one weekend break, I believe. Yeah. And then yeah. next weekend we're in Coda and we're on the home stretch of the season. Good review. Yep. Max is back. Max is back. Hopefully. And if Marco's get, in the seat, Checo's going to take him out. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Marco might do better dive bombs than Checo <laughs> did this weekend. So uh, you heard it here first. Marco over Checo uh, for Mexico. <laughs> Peace. See ya.